listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with uh, myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by Dr. Maya Halsey. Uh, you're a professor of pediatrics. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you being with us as well. Uh, we're talking about um, pediatric seizure treatment uh, and how it can be provided uh, by EMS providers. Um, talk to us a little bit about this and some of the goals that you have for our community with this. Um, yeah, we, we've been doing a lot of research with EMS providers and really our goal is to empower our EMS providers to provide treatment in the field. Um, we do have good evidence that a longer that, that a child has a seizure, the harder it is to stop. And so we've really worked hard at Primary Children's to provide medications to families as well as providing medications to our EMS providers to treat those seizures earlier to prevent more children coming to our emergency room with seizure activity. And so the sooner we can treat it, the better off it is for families and children. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I, I assume a lot of the times um, when these seizures kind of hit, th this could be the first for a family to even experience something like this. Yes. And so not knowing, um, you know, what to do or, or how to take care of it, of course, we're going to call 911. And then uh, for that treatment to be able to start so quickly, that has to be um, huge for the, the success of the treatment. Absolutely. It can be quite scary and very terrifying for families, especially for the first time seizure. And in fact, um, when our EMS transports, most of our transports are due to trauma or injuries. But the number one medical reason that children are transported to emergency rooms um, is seizures. So 12% of transports are for seizure activity. And to be able to really empower our EMS providers to feel comfortable to give treatment uh, is very important. It's hard to start an IV in the field. We've given them, empowered them to use uh, intramuscular treatments. So a shot, which is much easier than to start an IV in the field. We've given medicines that are stable in EMS providers so they can give it through um, intranasally or intramuscularly. And now we're just trying to help with the weight-based dosing. And so it's really hard when you have a child that's seizing, even for EMS providers, to figure out the weight and have to use calculators and so on. And we're really trying to change it to an age-based dosing just to make things easier for everybody. Uh, there are some rules um, for the emergency research on this with the FDA. Talk to us a little bit about that and um, how patients can get enrolled, what's allowed. Absolutely. So um, we, in order to do research in, in anybody, we have to get consent. Children, we have to get parental permission in order to enroll them into research studies. And, um, and because this is emergency research, there's no time to stop and ask for somebody to get consent. So we have special rules where when we're doing emergency research, um, we uh, can enroll patients without consent and then do it when things are stabilized on the back end. But we really have to reach to our communities and ask for 
permission. So right now I'm reaching out to our communities in many different ways, the Epilepsy Foundation and other organizations to talk about this research study and that you know we are trying to do this to, to better provide care for our patients that have seizures but also to disclose this to the community. So we do a lot of flyers, we're doing announcements, newspapers, and so on, in order to allow people to know that this is going on. Doctor, talk to us a little bit about who is eligible. Uh, if they're listening to our Baby Your Baby podcast and they think, oh, I wanna take part in this study or, or have my, my child or children, how can they get enrolled? Well, you, you can't, um, become enrolled because you want to you have to be having a seizure in our community six you have to be six months to 13 years and EMS has to be dispatched to the house to to uh, you know be there to treat seizures and what's going to happen is the the EMS provider will assess the situation see if there's still seizure activity and give treatment based you know either intramuscularly or internasally give midazolam which is the treatment and do age-based dosing uh, to the child then once everything is stabilized the child will be transported to primary children's and we will um, and we will inform the family that they got enrolled with the age-based dosing instead of weight-based dosing and we know that in from previous studies that when you take away the calculator that treatment gets in quicker and the, as i stated at the sooner that you give treatment the you know the longer that it goes on, the harder it is to stop. So the sooner you give treatment, the more likely things are to stop. And that's what we want to do is prevent bad outcomes and so mm -hmm. on with that. So we will let people know as soon as they get there. We have an excellent research team, as well as myself, who will be talking to all families that are enrolled. And how long has this research been going on? When did you guys start doing this? You know, I've been doing research um, with seizures for 20 years at Primary Children's. Um, I've done uh, studies using uh, intranasal midazolam um, in 2005 with EMS providers. And, um, and then we've continued to do research on the treat best treatment of seizures you know, for that go on for a long period of time. And we've um, published, recently we published an article in the New England Journal of Medicine comparing three medicines after that initial treatment that we give, the, the three medicines to see which one's best. And so we've been fortunate enough to be a site with multiple different sites in the country to do this research. And not, we don't enroll very many um, patients um, in the community because we're so good at giving families medicines to give at home as well as providing EMS providers. So we've not had to treat as many seizures um, um, in the last 10 years and my first 10 years at Primary Children's. So we really have improved, I feel like, the health um, of, for children that do have seizures, especially those new onset seizures uh, for families. Yeah. And what kind of feedback have you gotten from this from families um, and then also feedback from EMS with, uh, you know, the new ways of treatment that you guys are looking into? You know, that's a really great question. I met with um, the parent advisory committee at Primary Children's and it was very well attended. And one of the parents actually brought up that her child um, was having a seizure and has seizures and she called EMS. It was a really long one. 
and they had the medicines on board, but the EMS um, provider was uncomfortable giving the medicine at that time. And so she was just telling everybody, you know, as much as we can do to empower um, our EMS providers to feel comfortable treating children, which can be really scary, the better. Sure. So I've been working with, you know, other members who lead uh, EMS providers to really help improve their self-efficacy on this because we we don't we think that our EMS providers are always you know they know everything and they're doing a great job but sometimes things can be scary for them too and so mm -hmm. um ER providers really do want to help empower them and support them that they they got this right and so that we can help them and so we we're implementing a lot of trainings and um, giving feedback and we when they bring our patients to the to the ER we really try to be very supportive on what they've done. And a lot of times they ask for feedback. And so, you know, they are there in, in, the, uh, in the field helping. And so they're, they're an extension of us and we really want to help make sure that they're supported. So right now in Utah, are all of our EMS providers equipped with the material that they need in regards to treating pediatric patients uh, in regards to seizures right now? So this new study is just going to be for Salt Lake for age-based doting, but the idea, but but EMS providers do have intramuscular and intranasal medicines to give, and what we're really trying to do with from our emergency department and the adult ERs and and um, EMS directors is really to uh, roll it out throughout the state and out the country because there's a lot of um, individuals in some of the rural parts of the state that may only have you know experience with seizures once in their career mm -hmm. because they have other things and so we're a pretty busy place and so our EMS providers will see more because we're so densely populated but we really want to be able to provide these protocols and trainings and guidelines for you know, out in the in the rural, more rural areas. And so that's the purpose of this is that it's not just in Salt Lake, but it's in, you know, St. George and other places in, in, the, in the state. So mm -hmm. um, that's the goal, right, is to really improve the self-efficacy for everybody and to be there to support them. Yeah. And do you kind of have a timeline that you're looking at for that? Or, I mean, it's, of course, case by case and as the research continues, but now, do you, you know, when you talk about that's our goal, do you kind of have a, a goal date in mind for when that will happen? Well, uh, well, so we're we're hoping to get started relatively soon here in Salt Lake to have uh, the age-based dosing, but our goal is to have it out throughout the state in the next uh, year or two and to really implement that. Um, Scott Youngkest is, is one of our EMSC directors and he has been working also on training. We're all training, you know, our EMS providers. So our goal is to have this out in the next couple years. Um, but the internasal and the intramuscular medicines, these protocols have been in place based on previous studies that we've done. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for walking us through this and letting us know about this research and uh, you know, what what new things that, you know, you were trying to equip our EMS workers with. I think that's incredible because, of course, as we know uh, so many times, they're the first ones to get on uh, on the scene of an emergency for us. And so for them to be best equipped, I think that's fantastic. 
Yeah, we we're so uh, grateful for them. I mean, they really are our front lines, and so um, we're only as good as them if we can, you know, support them. So yes, we we have a lot of gratitude for all the work that they do, and we want to continue to support and train them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. Halsey, thank you so much for your time and talking to us about this research. We look forward to um, continuing to see it develop throughout not just Salt Lake, but throughout our state. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thanks. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.